welcome to the Awakening Church podcast. We exist to awaken this generation to new life in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. To find out more, go to awakeningchurch.com. Uh, this morning, as we celebrate our birthday, and some of you are going like, wow, that's weird. A church has a birthday. Why does a church have a birthday? Maybe an anniversary, but not a birthday. And here's the reason why. We believe that uh, not just an organization, not even just a new club or community began seven years. God birthed a movement here seven years ago of a group that joined together and said, we exist to awaken this generation to new life in Jesus. And so we host a massive birthday party. It's the only time of year where we're all together as one church. This is fun. Like, look around. Just go. This, we don't get to do this very often. Uh, and as we were thinking about this, uh, there's one passage that came to mind as how did we want to celebrate our seventh birthday? And it's Psalm 105. And in it, we wanted to share seven stories of how God's worked uh, over the last seven years, how he's moved in, uh, in people's lives. And so Psalm 105, I don't know if you have that. There you go. Uh, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Then it goes on to say this, sing to him, sing praise to him. We just did that. Tell of his wonderful acts. Now, I love this line. Remember the wonders he's done. I don't know if we're so good at looking back. Especially in the Silicon Valley, we're so focused on looking forward and running hard. And it is a powerful practice of the soul to look back and remember the wonders he's done. And so that's what we want to do this morning is we want to take time and remember the wonders that he's done and just share seven stories. And there are going to be some via video, some live the wonders that God has done in our midst. And I want to welcome up McKenna as our first story. Would you join me in welcoming her up? Thanks so much for coming out. And McKenna's story actually is significant, con significantly connected to our birthday, right? And it was two years ago on our birthday, uh, something major happened. I'm not going to spoil it. But would you mind just sharing your story with us and why this day actually is such an important day for you? Awesome. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Um, so about three years ago, I moved down to San Jose, not really knowing anyone and not really having any friends. Um, I moved down here for grad school, and I was kind of hoping to meet some friends in my program. Uh, on the first night of class, I met someone uh, who would go on to change the course of my life. Her name's Maddie Laney. I'm sure a few of you know her. Um, and... When we started to get to know each other, she saw that I was in a season of hurt and heartbreak, and she took a step in her faith and invited me to Easter service. Um, I didn't really grow up in the church, but we would sometimes attend as a family when we would wake up on time. Um, <laughs> and I kind of had a basic understanding of, of who Jesus was and um, the whole kind of Christianity thing, but didn't have a strong connection. Um, I was excited to go to Easter service. I felt something in me that um, I felt like I had or should go, um, that it would be good for me. Um, but I was a little nervous. I was wondering what would people think of me, you know, not being a believer, would they judge me? But all of that started to fade away as I pulled up into a parking lot with a smiling face who, like, gave me a giant wave and was just really happy that I was there. So at that point, awakening had started to shatter every misconception that I had had about Christianity. Um, 
So these people that I had met uh, through Awakening have been genuine, welcoming, accepting to Christians and non-Christians alike, which is pretty amazing. And that day, for the first time, I had learned about a God who was full of love, acceptance, and most importantly, was ready to meet me where I was. Over the next six months, I had learned about the gospel and how Jesus died for our sins, despite living a perfect, sinless life. And during that, at that time in my life, uh, I was starting to shift from being defined by others to being defined in Christ. During worship one day, the lyrics from O Come to the Altar weighed on me. Are you hurting and broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. After reflecting on those six months in my life and seeing the changes, I just felt in my heart that baptism was the next step for me. Um, I was a little nervous, though, because I had had this conception of baptism, like I had to be perfect or, you know, I hadn't been coming to Awakening that long, so I wasn't sure if it was the right thing to do. But after, you know, talking with Ryan and getting a better understanding that, you know, no one is perfect and all we have to do is accept Jesus in our heart and understand that he died for us uh, to be baptized, that's when I knew that it was the right time. So two years ago on Awakening's fifth birthday, I got in that might be a different tank, but I got in <laughs> that <laughs> baptism tank, and I was baptized by that amazing friend, Maddie, who brought me to Awakening uh, six months prior. Um, and on that day, Ryan had actually received a message from my family uh, in Arizona who had said that this has been something that they had been praying for since I was born. So it's just really amazing um, to see that transformation. We actually live-streamed them in. They had a viewing party in Arizona for her baptism. It was so cool. It was amazing. And I, I felt the support not only from many of you who were there, but, you know, from, from my family afar. So that was really awesome. Um, but after I got baptized, I knew that I had to be involved in this um, church and this community that had given so much to me. So um, I had joined a small group, and I met with some amazing women um, who showed me that, you know, continual prayer and just having strong faith can get you through anything. Um, and, and then I also started serving on our connection team. So those two um, teams had given me so much that I knew that it was time to, you know, give back to them. Um, at times, I had felt like I had 22 years of catching up on my faith to do, but I had learned that, um, you know, being coming to Christ later in your life does not make you any less of a Christian than someone who has grown up in the church. You're not that old, by the way. <laughs> this is not, I uh, just want to say, <laughs> later in life, I just... <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Just, just saying. Uh, the moral of the story is I have learned <laughs> that it's never too late to fully surrender to Christ, and I, I hope that that's kind of what you get from that. I love uh, it. I love it. And even though I did it once publicly at my uh, baptism, it's something that, you know, I have to and we all should be working at every day. So Awakening has given me a community to call my home, and when I look back on where I was two and a half years ago, I don't see the girl with the broken heart sobbing. I see God's hand on my life saying, oh child, if you only knew the things I would have for you. Hmm. Little did I know that, um, you know, he would bless me with such an amazing community and friendships and leadership, um, and I couldn't be more proud of where I am today, speaking in front of what's probably more than 426 seats here. <laughs> So um, as you sit through six other amazing stories of transformation through awakening, I just ask that you listen with an open heart. Maybe you uh, will or are sitting here um, and something's kind of stirring up in you, think that you might be called to baptism. 
and I want to let you know that it's not only a public declaration of your faith, but it's also our promise as a community to be here for you um, as your new walk with Jesus. As I was preparing for this, Ezekiel 36:26 came to my heart. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So awakening, if you're ready for a new heart, we're ready to help get you there. I love it. Thank you so much. All right, we have a good morning in store for you. Um, McKenna actually exemplifies our vision that I said earlier to awaken this generation to new life in Jesus, but it actually takes every generation to accomplish that vision. In fact, the way you say it is we're a four-generation church. There's four generations here uh, that exist for this generation and one of the stories that I want to just share with you right now is the legacy of faithfulness of a generation uh, of people that have gone before. And so I want to tell just briefly the story of a couple named John and Dee Obermeyer. Isn't that a lovely, lovely picture? And many of you know them, and I actually don't know when that picture was taken, but it was amazing. Uh, right there. And, and their story is one of faithfulness that has built a legacy into the next generation. And, and so just about 25 years ago, actually a little bit over 25 years ago, and stay right there, Brian, for, if you won't uh, will for me for a little bit. Uh, about 25 years ago, they stepped out from their church. They're married. They have two young daughters right there, Catherine and Kristen. And when they stepped out, they're six and three years of age to plant this church in Saratoga, San Jose, called Westgate Church. So they went from a community, comfortable, friends, all those sort of things, to step out with a group to plant this church called Westgate Church 25 years ago. And God used them in the founding of that church that is now one of the most influential uh, churches in our city. And as some of you know, Westgate Church is the church that planted us as a church. And what was fun is I got the joy, you next slide, Brian, uh, the joy of getting to have their daughters in our young adults ministry as they, um, as they served and were connected. And so when we launched out, uh, Catherine and her husband Gray, uh, Dave and Kristen, they joined in on this, and a year later, John and Dee stepped into that next season again, helping to found yet a new church. And just think about their legacy of faithfulness. If you just know anything about this family, their entire family is they serve together from kids to set up and tear down to uh, you name it. it. Whatever area in the um, uh, ministry, John's actually on our board, the leadership council there. They have just been phenomenal. And what I love is it's this picture, next slide, of three generations joining together, worshiping together, serving together, uh, and then seeing God use them. And that's actually a picture of John and his grandson, um, Caleb, as they did, we did a Del Mar Serve Day here. Uh, and so, one, can we just thank them for their faithfulness, for their years of service? I, 
I love that because to get to see the history of their life and faithfulness and to see what God has done, and many of you would never know that, and to see the story that he's written with their lives. Uh, the next story, story number three, if you will, is the story of a new family. Uh, so it's a new family that God has put together. It's the story of Stephanie and Andrew, and it's a story where uh, God brought new life into this relationship. Stephanie was a single mom who uh, met Andrew, and well, I'll let you listen to their story right here. Hi, I'm Andrew Ho. And I'm Stephanie Ho. Um, we've been coming to Awakening now for two years. Our first time at Awakening was actually on Awakening's five, fifth year anniversary. Yeah, so when I met Andrew, I had no experience with the Christian world or uh, understanding of God. My understanding was God, actually I was told God wasn't real. You know, I come from a family who doesn't believe. Um, and I grew up in a really volatile, hostile environment. So God wasn't even uh, a question to me in my mind. When I met Andrew, he was the first Christian that I've actually like got to know. Uh, when we first started dating, I told her I was a Christian, and I thought that was a selling point, but uh, really it was a big turnoff for her. So yeah, so I brought her to church in San Francisco, and um, she was just not feeling it at all. Um, I had a lot of doubts, um, one about just the facts of Jesus Christ, and then just like the basic questions, how, why does bad things happen? Um, there's so much like hurt in this world. So I, and then also from my own upbringing, it was so bad that where was God present then? If I love this person, but we can't be together because I'm not Christian, I didn't understand why that wouldn't work. I wanted to investigate it to almost prove him wrong. And in doing so, it actually, I think God worked in a mysterious way at actually pulling me closer to God and to Andrew. And I found this website who, answered a lot of my questions and I ended up reaching out to a lady. It got to the point where she was answering all my questions and I was, I found myself one day sitting in my garage still trying to find a question to prove why I can't believe it and it got to the point where I almost, I, I can't even explain it. It was a conversation I felt like I had with God and I couldn't believe that I was actually having the conversation. And I think in the moment, that's when I felt like I was just fully surrendering. And when I did, I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulder. And I was so emotional because I couldn't understand what was happening. And then even after she um, accepted Christ, she didn't even tell me right away. I think she well, kept it to Well, yeah. it was such a hard moment for me to come to. I felt like I almost was a hypocrite. I was living this life that I was like, no, that's not my life. And... Now I'm coming to this life, and I waited around like two months before I came to tell him that I accepted Jesus in my life, and I wanted to make sure it was real in a way, so I kept it for myself. Yeah. Really was, shocked. I was, I was still really shocked. I was really shocked. It, it was, yeah. It took me by surprise. She was actually extracting a no. pimple of mine, and she had gotten, she got the white, it was like a juicy no. white head or whatever, and then she turned around and she or I turned around and she's like hey can you grab the benzoyl peroxide on the nightstand over there and I grabbed it and then she was like I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior and I was just like 
<laughs> and then, you know, I ran into a family member of his out and about, and she invited me to a party. Amanda. It actually was the Awakening's fifth birthday, and when I went, it was just um, not what I expected church to be like, and it was very welcoming and loving, and I brought my son. Oh, it was cool, because when we first got there, it was just like a bunch of welcoming faces, like Roland just walked up to me and introduced himself and like hugged me right away. And I thought it was kind of cool. I got to like play games and stuff. I didn't really think about it at first. That it was actually like a church. But actually it got cooler the more and more I went. And it's just like, it's been, it's been cool just like learning about God, but having like a fun environment while doing it. And, in a way, and if I hadn't known it was a church thing, I probably wouldn't have so I think it worked in a strange way. Uh, God worked in a strange way to bring me there. And we've been coming to Awakening ever since. And I felt like it's been a foundation that's kind of tied all, us together as a family, tied us together in our relationship. It was a place where I can go to learn and I didn't feel judged. And, you know, I'm still working through my faith. And I think it's been a good home for us to grow as a family. Isn't that great? Yeah! Woo. Isn't that awesome? Remember the wonders Daddy's done? Andrew and Stephanie just recently got married. Chris got to be a part of that. Um, and it's just so fun. I mean, we're just looking back and seeing how God has reached in and changed life after life. And so we want to continue that with story number four, if you will. And I want to invite West up onto the stage. Here you go, buddy. Awesome. Great to see you. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah? I'm doing okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Um, one, I just kind of like McKenna's story. Uh, your story, this, our birthdays actually plays a significant role in your story, but it's actually the Sunday before that was really a turning point for you. Would you mind just sharing your story? Yeah, well, to share some of my story, I want to give you a little backstory uh, to how I got here. So I grew up in a Christian household that was by name and not necessarily by example. Uh, we didn't end up practicing our faith a lot. Um, and the only one who really outstandingly performed like what God's generosity was, uh, was my mother and our family. Besides that, uh, when I was younger, I was definitely a very compassionate and very sensitive kid. And I knew where God's detail and design was in things. But that led me to be like a target by a lot of um, bullies, but the worst of which was actually at my own home, uh, where my father uh, was the one that gave me a lot of uh, verbal abuse, per se. Uh, and being really sensitive, I t it, wasn't, it was really damaging for me. And the fact that he was also, and still is, an alcoholic, uh, led to this feeling of eggshells as we were walking through our house, as we didn't want to end up in a, he, we don't want him to end up in a rage or a fit or anything like that. Is this close enough? No, you're great. <laughs> no, you're doing good. So, um, um, it actually developed to when I was around 12 years old. Um, I kind of put up, built up this stoic facade to protect myself and my own values. And, and this ended up creating a submission to authority issue uh, throughout, my, throughout my entire young adulthood. So during middle school and high school, I was involved in my youth group. 
uh, but I was that guy with the arms crossed in the back of the room who didn't want to be engaged by anyone and didn't really want anyone to engage with. Um, and, but it didn't help me stop uh, from wanting a community. Um, and throughout this time, until my sophomore year of college, uh, I was this way. Wow. And in college, I encountered the crew ministry, which we have a lovely connection to. Uh, Any crew students here? Anybody? Yeah, crew students. Okay, let's just represent. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I, at crew, got to see a glimpse of what a Christian community should be, and I was really invigorated by that. Hmm. And uh, shortly afterwards, I got involved here at Awakening, and that's where things really took a twist, took a turn. Um, because here, I got to hear your sermon on the Last Supper. And that sermon was about Jesus uh, when, he, when everyone's entering the room and he washes everyone's feet. Yeah. He is not only a Lord of Lords, kings of kings, but he is a servant of servants who yeah. is, brings every, he comes down low to bring us and show us what's up high. And that idea really resonated with me and that and combined with me being in a community uh, created this amazing time where I actually got baptized. Uh, I refused to get baptized earlier because I wanted to have this connection with God, this connection with Jesus, and I didn't have that before. But it was at that service I decided in that moment I wanted to get baptized. And a year ago, on this very day, well, basically. Yes, yeah, very, close, sun close enough, very, close Sunday, uh, very Sunday. Same Sunday. Uh, I got baptized here by uh, Chris, another one of our lovely pastors, and my life has really been transformed ever since. I've gotten involved with our Bridges, uh, which is a sister ministry of crew for international students, where we've seen one of our students come see the Lord and go back to his home country. Uh, we have, I've had the opportunity to host a Bible study with two of our Japanese students uh, during the um, summer, and it was really invigorating to watch the Spirit fill those conversations. Um, and in addition to that, I've been involved here at uh, Awakening Youth, which is really awesome. Thank you, thank you. We have an amazing, amazing Awakening Youth team. There that is are no use sure. here. No use here. No use here. No uh, they are really it. awesome. Way to represent over there. Yeah. They are really awesome. Daughter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really awesome. And it's really a privilege of mine to see them engage with the gospel in new ways uh, to them, but then also new ways to me, which really encourages me to learn mm. and know more. And then this is all developing in my own character. God has blessed me with growth in the spirit. Uh, he has ble blessed me with the ability to understand other people's suffering, growing in discernment, understanding the good and not so good. And then eventually it's boiled down to here, uh, where now I'm in Protégé, our lovely, shameless plug, shameless plug, our lovely program here at Awakening, nine-month leadership program, where I'm really encouraged to see the spirit uh, and just fill myself in that every day to learn more about that, have spirit-filled conversations, let God do the work. So this year has been really transformative. Last year, I maintained that stoic facade. This year, I've been blessed with this awakening community. I've been blessed in growth by God, and I've been blessed with just personal and intentional relationships that I love, that are Christ-built and centered. And uh, I'm just excited to see what this next year has in store. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much, buddy. Can I get a hug before you go? Thank you. Awesome. Oh, I hope just uh, you're feeling the way I'm feeling. I'm just feeling filled up right now, and we're just going to keep filling you up. Our next story actually shows the power of the love of Jesus through the community of Jesus. And, and we miss that sometimes and don't really understand how powerful community is in expressing 
God's love to each other. And I want you to check out John and Evita Koss's story and be able to hear how God showed up in their life and their family through a really difficult season. Take a listen. I'm Evita, and uh, me and my family have been coming to Awakening for five years. So, um, so just to give you a little bit more, uh, just a little bit of context, and what happened in the past year is that I was diagnosed with breast cancer in the summer of 2018. When you hear that diagnosis, it's I felt like I. It felt like it, obviously like a death sentence, like getting my kids set up um, so they'd be fine. And, um, you know, and I felt like I was in a situation where it was impossible to rise above it. One of the first things that I did was to reach out to Awakening because I wanted, I was desperate for prayer because I couldn't come to God with respect. Like, what are you doing? I love you and I'm serving you. And you, you're doing this. You're allowing this to happen. And they did more than just pray for us. The church led our path at times when we did not know what to do. They provide us with uh, emotional encouragement. The Moms of Awakening went over and beyond um, by treating my kids like their own um, when my wife was doing chemo or was just too sick um, to get off the bed. Um, the fathers gave me assurance and encouragement, um, which I really, truly needed at times. Then uh, the kids also helped my kids during Sunday school feel normal as they were always confused on what's going on around them. People were taking our kids to school. They would come and of our kids and play with them and take them to the park. That's when, like, every day we get convinced that love really doesn't fail. It, in the hardest of situations, it will really pull you out, pull, and I mean, pull you out of despair and pull you up into, you know, just being able to move forward. So that's the amazing journey that went alongside the hardship. At the end of my treatment, which was in May, I was journeying through the book of Ephesians, and what I've been fixated on was the love of Christ, and just how big it is, and how it's um, just this magnificent love that we're invited to know. But after... After what happened in just the, the past season, the past year, something else started to come at me from this verse. And it's the phrase, together with all the Lord's holy people. And it just struck me that there's no way that we can know the fullness of the love of Christ on our own. We're meant to, I even wrote it down here, we are meant to walk through life with this body. And that's how we go deeper in understanding and knowing the love of Christ is by 
um, encountering his body. And, yeah, it was just an amazing revelation to me. And it used to be that the body of Christ was just an idea. The church was his body, and he's the head, and, you know, it was an idea that we, we accepted, that we believed. But it wasn't until this past year that it dawned on me, it dawned on us. The body of Christ is alive and it's moving and it's powerful and it's, he uses his body to love on his people and it's amazing and it's beautiful. Um, so I'm so grateful that how awakening has really helped us realize and make the body of Christ real to us. And with that, I'm excited to be standing with his body with awakening um, in the vision of awakening this generation to the love of Christ. Like, let's get it on. Let's, let's do this. I, I love that last line, Evita. Let's get it on. Let's do this. I uh, want you to know, as she finished up her treatment right now, as far as I'm pretty sure, Evita, you're cancer-free right now in this moment, yeah? Uh, isn't that exciting, uh, just uh, walking through that? Um, uh, our six stories uh, of our, you know, seven-year journey here is of a young man uh, who is, started out as a college student, and he actually is the one who's made all the videos. And so it's been fun to watch his journey and his growth. And you'll be fun to have him share it in his own voice. All right, I think we're live. Do I look good in frame? Is the lighting fine? Do, oh, I look, there's, there's nobody here. It's just me at 11. 24 p.m. at night, this is going to be so awkward, man. Hi, my name is Chris Chu, and I've been going to Awakening for two years. In the fall of 2017, I moved to San Jose because I transferred from a community college to San Jose State for computer science. And San Jose State was actually my last choice. My top picks were MIT, Cal Poly Slow, UC Berkeley, and I had the grades for it. But I got rejected from it because, you know, God's plan and uh, God wanted me here in San Jose. Um, and it was tough, you know, like there was a lot of fear of if I'm going to like plant my roots here, am I going to be established? Am I going to be okay? What is God going to do in my life? And I had no idea. The first thing that I wanted to do to find a fellowship and one of my buddies who attended Cal Poly Slow attends this fellowship called Epic and Epic is like an Asian branch of crew. And he told me, you should go find an Epic in San Jose State. So I, you know, I looked around and uh, they actually found me uh, when I was waiting in line for my student ID and I uh, filled out this car and I was like, oh, Epic, like I, I like signed it. And then they contacted me to hang out and, um, and David Navarro was actually one of the leaders uh, of that fellowship and he and I got along really well. And David and I were talking and then the topic of church came up. He asked me like, oh, hey, do you have a church out in San Jose? And I was like, oh, no, I don't. Like, I don't know, like, really, like, where to look for because, like, I've been attending, like, the same Chinese family church back in SF for, like, the past 10 years at that point. And David was like, oh, do you want to go to my church? 
awakening and he described like what it was and i'm like oh that sounds like different from like you know what an old family chinese church is like uh, you know i was afraid i didn't know what to expect uh he said that the average age was like 27 i'm like dude the average age at my home church was like 45 right when i walked in like i prayed like god I have like so much fear right now over like everything that's going to happen in the next two years that I'm supposed to be in San Jose State studying computer science and there's going to be so many variables. I'm like, God, I know you've been there for me like so many freaking times and I know like how forgettable I can get and I know like how bad I am at remembering like everything that you've done for me, but can you please show me one more time that you're going to be a good God for me? And the first song of that worship set uh, was Good Good Father by Chris Tomlin. And I looked up, literally looked up, and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, kid you not, like, that first visit was, it, it was it. I knew from that point on that Awakening was going to be my home. Got those, like, connect cards, and I, like, checked off the last box on joining the photo ministry. And then Nassim was the one that reached out to me. So it was just me and Nassim working together. And it was a huge blessing because not only is she, like, really lovely to work with, but it gave me so many reps in practicing like my photo skills with uh, photographing services and like other baptisms and other events and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, this is like, I'm starting to get plugged in. Like I'm starting to get like more acquainted with the staff and like they're starting to remember my name and I'm like, Oh my God, you remember my name. So I want to take like this, um, connection one step further by joining a community group. And I did like at the end of my first year at San Jose and the first time I went, it was, a. Uh, it was horrible <laughs> because there were so many people and I didn't know a single person. But, you know, the summer was over and uh, second year of San Jose State began. Maybe I should give this community group a second try. Man, it was still pretty hard, but I met somebody. So that was cool. And uh, that somebody got me connected to somebody else and to somebody else. Then, like, awakening, like, the community itself, like, started to permeate almost every single day of my week. Like Sunday was church. Uh, Monday I worked at B2. Rest in peace to the greatest. Some people from Awakening worked at B2. Then Wednesday was my community group. I was going through a tough time about what my career path was gonna be. Stuff at home was like not very good and a lot of anxiety starts to strike. I got slapped with depression and that community was there for me. Like they didn't know the full detail because like I didn't share all of it, but I shared some of it because I felt like I was allowed to be vulnerable they were there for me and they checked up on me and they became some of the greatest friends that i've ever made in south bay i was really good through this community of them just being there for me and being in my corner and it was amazing i hope that people can find the same thing if not better because they were so good to me awakening was a fundamental part of my time in san jose just amazing how things turned out from San Jose being my last choice to San Jose being the last thing that I wanted to leave. So, yeah. Isn't that great? And you'll see Chris Chu running around and snapping photos uh, today as well. So don't be afraid if you see him running around taking photo of you. That's his role. He's a photo taker now. So thank you, Chris. You're amazing. We love you. Um, and I want to bring up our final story of the morning. Hannah, why don't you come on up, our seventh and final story. Welcome, Hannah. So good to see you. And so here, I got a little microphone thank there you. for you. And I would love to hear, as I've already gotten to hear in your story, yeah. let everybody else hear, that is, um, just one, how did you hear about Awakening? How did you come? And then 
um, because I know you weren't necessarily in the best place with God. Where were you at in your relationship with God at that moment? Yeah, so the first time I actually heard about Awakening was through my friend Mindy over here. I'm going to give her a little shout out. She's sitting in the front. Um, we used to work at Press Juicery together, and there was this really boring shift. I'm talking about, like, no one came in the store for, like, two hours, and I think the conversation about religion and God came up, and I was like, you know what, I'm trying to look for a new church, and so she was like, hey, I go to Awakening, you should come, and so I did. Um, sorry, I'm using my phone, usually you're supposed to be using paper. No, you're great. <laughs> but um, honestly, the first time I came to Awakening, I was really not in a great place, I actually resented God, and I really feel bad that I have to say that, but I really did at the time hated God. Um, I hated God to the point where it was hurting, like, physically for me, um, because my life has been hard, and I've been through so much, and I blamed him for all my troubles. I felt very neglected by my family as a child. I suffered extre um, through extreme bullying, through social media in high school, and even in middle school, and all those bullying led to really deep insecurities for me. Um, due to those insecurities, I suffered through bulimia, which is a eating disorder most of my life, and um, I was sexually assaulted at the age of 12. I also have suffered through depression and crippling anxiety, and through the suffering, I attempted suicide three times. Wow, well first, thanks so much for sharing. Um, your story, and it's like every, all of us are like, okay, that's totally understandable yeah, where you're it's at. a little load. <laughs> no, 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 but yeah. then something turned and yeah. something shifted in your life. What was that turning point for you? This hate actually carried on um, in July of 2018 when I was diagnosed with stage 4 thyroid cancer. Um, in my head, I was like, I could not believe God gave me another thing to go through. In my head, I was also like, didn't he already put me through enough? Um, but a couple of days later, I actually came to the church, and I heard Felicia's sermon about lament. I learned that God was not the source of my hate, but the solution that I could bring everything to him. And for the first time, I actually surrendered to God. Surrender is a key word here, because surrender me meant that I had to leave certain relationships and begin finding other ones and making different choices. I moved from resenting God to having a relationship with him that has healed me. And it was when, when I realized God loved me that I was able to start loving myself. It's God's love for me that makes me who I am and who I am and what I should be. This year actually has been a year of healing for me. Um, although I am in remission, I feel emotionally and physically capable because of God. And I still am in the process of finding my true identity in Jesus. But today, I am super excited to proclaim in my love and surrender for Jesus Christ because I am getting baptized today. <laughs> thank you yes, so thank much you. for sharing. I love it. Um, Hannah, I'm going to actually let you go back and get okay. ready for baptism. It's great to All see right. you. Love it. How awesome is that? Remember the wonders he has done. Uh, we've just got to hear seven stories of how God has worked in this community and through this community uh, of awakening this generation to new life in Jesus.
And the reality is, is for some right now, this morning is the beginning of your story. As you've heard the stories of life change, it's the beginning where you say, like Hannah, I, I actually want to surrender. I'm going to lean in. And like Stephanie, I'm going to begin to investigate uh, more of this Jesus because, man, something changed in them, and I want that. And if you're here and you're in a spot where you're going, like, I want to have a relationship with Jesus, it's this simple. All you do is you go, Heavenly Father, I want to have a relationship with you. Today, I place my trust in the finished work of your son. That's what's going to happen publicly is people are going to proclaim their faith, that they put their trust in Jesus, that he died for them, and that he rose again to new life, that we might have life forevermore, life now and forevermore. It's not just like a better version of your old life. It's a brand new life filled with meaning and purpose. And so I'm going to invite you all to stand. We're going to sing a song together. And if you're in a spot where you're just going, I, I'm ready to say yes to Jesus, I, would you just pray with me? I, and there's nothing big or, you know, overly mystical about prayer. It's just a conversation with God. But if you're here and you want to step into a relationship with Jesus, would you just simply pray the words that I was saying a little bit earlier? Heavenly Father, I want a relationship with you. I believe that Jesus came and lived a perfect life, that he was the Son of God, that he died for me, that I might have life, and that he rose again on the third day. Today, I place my trust in you. Would you come into my life and make me new? And just a simple confession of faith the Spirit of God then enters your life and you step into a brand new life.